0: Welcome back to the Skewered Universe podcast. This, I believe, is episode 9. It's been a while since I've recorded, so I don't really remember. And I didn't bother to check my own podcast feed before I started recording. But I'm recording this episode out of Skewered Universe satellite location B. We're in an escape pod over in Mesa, Arizona. That's just a joke. I'm in Mesa, Arizona right now. Some of you may know that I took a new job opportunity that presented itself last year. So in December, I relocated to Arizona, staying with some friends. And this new job has been great. It's just kind of pushed the podcast off to the side a little bit. It ain't dead because I'm recording this episode right now. But right away, I'm going to tell you guys... There's going to be a slight alteration in the schedule. Now, I know I haven't recorded for months. You're going, what fucking schedule did you have, idiot? The goal when I started this was to do a show every week. It started out okay, and then I kind of lost track. It would be two weeks, maybe a month. Now, the last time I recorded was in October. So the goal going forward is to do a -a once-a-month podcast. Same premise, talk about movies, video games, whatever else I want to fucking talk about because this is my show. And that's it. And then once things kind of get moving a little more fast, I get into my own place. Because the ultimate thing is there's going to be another relocation from where I'm at. Moving in with my now fiancé, which also happened in October. But we'll get to that in a minute. Excuse me. Let me take a drink here. (sighs) We're not cutting that out. You know we don't edit here. But, where was I going? Where did my train of thought go? Oh, there'll be another relocation with my now fiance. And then once that is up and running and we're good there, I will be back to a weekly format. So a weekly format is what the goal is in the end once we get into our own place and get everything squared away with the next relocation. So that's the first, order of business I wanted to address here. Skewered Universe is not dead. We are not pod fading. We're still gonna happen. Albeit for the time being once a month. So I'm only going to verbally assault your ear holes once a month. So if you enjoy it leave us some feedback, whatever. You know, you can go to the website www.SkeweredHead.com There's a link there where you can email me directly. You can leave reviews on the various things we're on, and I'll cover all that at the end. But hopefully, everything moves forward a little quickly, and this once-a-month thing will only be maybe for a few more months. I guess not more months, but a few months in general. And then we'll be back to the weekly uh, bullshit sessions, and hopefully I can watch a lot more movies. We can keep everything rolling. So, the last time I talked to you guys was October of 2018. We are now in February 2019. That is several months. I'm not gonna worry about how long it's been, because, what is that, November December Like three, four months, we'll say almost five months. But I digress. So the last time I talked to you guys, I let you know what I was watching during the Skewered Universe horror up to that point. Now, I'm not gonna go through and give you the rest of the list, you can go to the Skewered Universe Facebook page, go back to October, I listed everything that I was watching day by day. Not gonna give you a rundown, but I'll just say, some stuff was good, other stuff was bad, and some was so bad it's good. It ran the gamut. Oh, excuse me. You're leaving that in too. (sighs) Sorry, take another drink here. So, also in October, (laughs) so my girlfriend at the time and I, we put together a little Halloween party, or at least that's what I thought it was. Turns out she had planned a surprise engagement party, and she proposed to me at that party. Of course I said yes. We've been together seven years, almost. I think it'll be eight years this year, maybe nine years this year, somewhere around there. So of course I said yes, and the plan is that later this October of 2019, we will get married. So that happened. Of course, the new job, I took that and I've been really, really happy with the job. I've never been this happy with a job. It's just unfortunately it pushed, like I said, it pushed the podcast to the back burner for a little bit. I was supposed to record a few weeks ago to get something out to you guys. That never happened. Things didn't work out and, you know, life happens. But tonight, Saturday, February 23rd, I am finally recording. I have the house to myself where I'm at. So if there's a bit of an echo, eh, you're going to hear it, whatever. I may try and take it out, figure it out. But I usually don't edit. That's the way I roll. What else has been happening in the Skeward universe? Uh, like I said, the new job, the engagement... I've been playing a lot of games on my Switch. Uh, I got Puzzle Bubble. I'm trying to think what else I recently got. Oh, Tetris 99. For those of you who enjoy Tetris from back in the day, but then also like the competitive Battle Royale aspect of games, if you have a Switch, get Tetris 99. I played it probably (laughs) for like an hour and a half the other night just getting frustrated. It was actually last weekend when I went home to surprise my fiance. Yeah, I've been playing that. Puzzle Bobble, an old school arcade game I used to play. Anyone knows it's the two characters from Bubble Bobble, but it's Puzzle Bobble. You aim the arrow, you shoot the bubbles, match the colors. It's a time waster, but I always have fun playing it. Still playing Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. (laughs) The learning curve on that for me, man. I beat the original Donkey Kong Country. I never played any of the sequels on Super Nintendo or any of the sequels on N64, I think it was, because I didn't have an N64. I got the Dreamcast. I know. I know. I know. The Dreamcast of all the systems to buy. But it's actually a pretty good, damn good system. I had lots of fun playing it, but anyway. So this is the first Donkey Kong game I've played in a while, or Donkey Kong Country game I've played in a while. And it's really fun. I'm still playing Mario Kart. I have to get back into Mario Odyssey. Haven't picked up uh, Smash Brothers yet, or Breath of the Wild. I know the Zelda fans out there are going to lose their fucking minds right now, because I haven't played Breath of the Wild. Well, here's something that you may not know. I never really cared for the original Zelda as a kid. Mainly because I couldn't figure the fucker out. But... Now that I'm a little older and a little wiser, I've gone back and played it a few times, and realized I was just a dumb kid. But then again, how many of us were really fucking geniuses when we were kids? Aside from that group of you out there who were like in Mensa when you were born. We're not talking about you. You guys are a different group altogether. We're talking about those of us who may have eaten dog treats as a child. That's not a look into my personal life at all. Haven't been able to play on the PS4. I didn't bring it with me. There's no way for me to hook it up here where I'm at. I mean, there is a nice, large, big-screen television in the bedroom. But if there's HDMI inputs, they're in the back, and I can't get to them. Plus, I can't leave my fiance without a way to watch Netflix or Vudu, so... She gets that. I have my iPad. We're good. And I got my laptop, which is what I'm recording on tonight, so... (laughs) I've got what I need trying to think what other games I've been playing I've been going through the NES online library on the switch as well and I know there's a ton of people out there complaining that well we're not getting Super Nintendo yet we're not getting N 64 what about GameCube what about the Wii uh, library what about virtual console this is the next phase in what they're doing I think Virtual Console was the beginnings of what the Switch Online is going to be. So there's a natural progression and evolution of the service. So at some point, Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube, Wii games, Wii U games, all that stuff is going to be there. Just wait and stop bitching all the fucking time. That you're not getting what you want because Nintendo's not listening. And they're only re-releasing old games. Here's a fact for you. The Wii U didn't sell as many units as you think. I knew one person. One fucking person who had a Wii U. And it was basically no different than the Wii. Except they had that cool little separate gamepad with the screen on it. So, Nintendo re-releasing These games that were first released on Wii U is fine. Because there's a lot more of us who didn't get to play those games on a Wii U because that console fucking tanked. So not all of us bought it. So those of you that are going to bitch and complain, some of you may even email me, I don't give a fuck. I'm telling you exactly how it is. Lots of people didn't own a Wii U, so to sit there and complain about a game being remastered and re-released for the Switch... At $60, you're dumb and your argument is stupid. Not everyone had a Wii U to play those games. I didn't. So I never. I played that Mario Kart game at my friend who happened to have the Wii U's house. That was the only time I played it. So all these other games that they're remastering and re-releasing for the Switch, mind you, also with new features for the Switch. It's perfectly fine. If you don't want it, don't buy it. It's that simple. Instead of going online to Facebook, and every time Nintendo makes a post about a game that they're releasing, or some new features, or an update, or their Nintendo Direct, or the Labo. I'm gonna get on the Labo in a second, because I got a big deal about that too. Just stop being a fucking troll. Stop complaining about everything. And if you don't want to buy something to play it, don't spend your money on it. It's that simple. When did we forget how to be individuals and adults and just go, I don't like that game. I don't like they remastered and re-released it. I'm not paying for it because I have it on Wii U, which I still have. Fine. You kept it. You have the game. There's no reason to rebuy it. There's no reason to bitch and complain like a petulant teenager who can't go out on a Saturday night. Now, I mentioned Nintendo Labo or Labo, whatever it is. I actually think it's a really cool thing. It's giving kids and their parents something to build together and then there's plenty of games to play. People are complaining like, why would I pay $60 for cardboard? Well, you're paying the $60 for the game cartridge which includes, if, if I remember correctly, several of them have several different games on there that are compatible with Whatever the pieces of cardboard you punch out and put together are. So you're paying for the game. You're getting the kits included for free. So everyone going, well, I could just make it out of cardboard myself. Okay, fine. Do it. Do it. It's fine. You don't have to buy it. Just stop complaining because maybe there's something out there where there's parents going, well, I don't really know video games with my kid and he's got a Switch, but what can I do? Get some label kits and you build the stuff together. It's a creative thing. So just stop shitting on stuff you don't like. And speaking of that. (laughs) Now I'm not sure how many of you saw the 2016 I believe it was. Ghostbusters film. I've seen it a few times now. I absolutely love it. It's great. Fits right in with the original two movies. Now some of you are going to hate that I say that. I love Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Those are two of my favorite movies ever. They're in... There's a, there's a list that I have in my head of all the movies that I really, really love. There's a ton of them. I ain't listing them. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2 are right in there. The 2016 Ghostbusters fits right in with those. Now, I believe it's Jason Reitman, Ivan Reitman's son. We're going to do some on-podcast Googling here. Because I want to make sure, yes, Jason Reitman, he is directing a new Ghostbusters film. When I saw that and I saw the teaser for it, I was like, oh, awesome. And it's tying into the first two, because the third Ghostbusters movie, with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig, and uh, let's not forget Kate McKinnon, who was fucking brilliant in that movie, That was like an alternate universe version of Ghostbusters. So now we're getting a third installment in the original stories. I'm all for it. Anything Ghostbusters, I'm for. Well, then I hear that Leslie Jones is saying that it's basically shitting on what they did in 2016. And she's bitching and complaining and saying, well, it's making our movie worthless. And the way I see it, she's doing exactly what people did to her when that movie was coming out. Maybe not as as horrible as the racist and sexist thing she was getting, but you're not making yourself look better than any of those fans who did that shit to make her leave Twitter at that point. Paul Feig, the director, has come out in support of her. I don't get that either. Instead of just saying, hey, you know what? This ties into the first two, it in no way discounts what we've done, and we're excited to see where they take it, immediately she gets offended and pissed off, and this is some Donald Trump type shit. No, 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 it's not. It's not. Maybe your 2016 movie, because it did very well at the box office. Let's not forget, it did very well at the box office. Let me take a look here. I will pull up the figures right now, and we'll see. Because I want to have good figures when I talk to you about this. So I don't want to sit here and go, well, I think it did well, and then I find out it absolutely tanked. But I'm fairly confident it did really well. So it made 144 million US. And the budget was 144 million. It made 229.1 million. So it made its budget back and then some. I'd say that's okay. And that's only the US box office, that's not international so the international box office let's see so worldwide it made two hundred twenty nine million one hundred forty seven thousand five hundred nine dollars on a budget of one hundred forty four million so some people will go well that's not really a success hey in my eyes if you make your budget back and you get a little more over it you're okay so it didn't do bad but maybe this movie Because even if the box office didn't do bad, rentals and streaming watches can show just how well a movie does after the box office release. I've watched this movie like four times at home. I enjoy it. I think it's funny. Chris Hemsworth is an absolute blast in the movie. But maybe, maybe that 2016 Ghostbusters movie, Paul Feig and Leslie Jones, maybe what you did... Paved the way for that door to open for us to get this next installment in the original Ghostbusters franchise. I don't see it as discrediting the work you did. But maybe that's what happened. Maybe you guys helped knock that door down that has been up for so long because any Ghostbusters film had gone through production hell to get made which is when in 2016, I was glad to see that you guys got that movie out into the box office, got it into the theaters. But to sit there and basically take a steaming shit on this movie that hasn't even come out yet and say that it's it's an insult to the work you did. Now, I haven't heard anyone else in that cast say anything. So maybe they're stepping back going, it's not really doing that. And Leslie Jones and Paul Feig are just... Very sensitive people. I don't know. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I think they both need to let this go. Did Dan Aykroyd come out and go, oh, well, they're making it a Ghostbusters movie with all women? (laughs) Why not they doing one in our universe? No. He was supportive. You had all the cast members of the original movie, that original series, appear in some way, shape, or form in that new movie in 2016. Which means they were all for it. They were happy with it. We got a nice tribute to Harold Ramis in there. You know, rest in peace, Egon Spangler. But it was a perfectly, serv- it was a perfectly fine movie. I not want to say serviceable. It was a perfectly fine movie. I enjoy it. It's fun. But to sit there and do what these fans and trolls, supposed fans, I'm going to say, because they're a bunch of pricks... They, they shit on that 2016 movie before it even got out. They went and like, you know, tried to tank the trailer online and review bomb it. Like people are doing with Captain Marvel. Fuck you assholes for that shit. Those two are doing the exact same thing to this new Ghostbusters, Paul Feig and Leslie Jones, that those fans did to them when their movie was coming out. So I think everyone just needs to grow up a little bit. If you get insulted, you don't need to go out and say anything. Just go, well, what the fuck? Maybe call somebody and be like, well, hey, are we going to get another shot at our franchise? Or are we going to tie into this one? Maybe there's plans to tie them both together through some time rift. It's Ghostbusters. Anything could happen. So that's, that's all I'm going to say on that. I know some people may get mad with my opinion that they need to grow up and let it go, but it's just the way I feel. So on to the good stuff. (laughs) Now that I've ranted for a good while about that. (laughs) Uh, I got to see Venom. Uh, It showed up in my voodoo library. And it wasn't what I expected it to be at all. (sighs) Sorry, I needed a drink there. Ranting made my mouth dry. Yeah, it wasn't anything that I expected. Some of the things that they showed in the trailer... We're in the movie, but the tone of the trailer was different than the tone of the movie for me. And it was alright, but I don't get Sony having to like hold on to these Marvel properties and do this stuff. It's like, at this point, just name a price to Disney, let Disney take them back and do the right thing with them, because they'll hand them off to Marvel and we'll get some good stuff out of it. Look what they did with Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2 that had Tobey Maguire, directed by Sam Raimi, but Tobey Maguire was a better Spider-Man than he was Peter Parker, in my opinion. Or is it the other way around? No, other way around. Andrew Garfield was a better Spider-Man than he was Peter Parker, and we know Amazing Spider Man and Amazing Spider Man 2 were not that great. I'm staring off into another direction thinking about that and shaking my head because. Ugh, whew, those were bad. But Garfield was the better Spider Man, Tobey Maguire, the better Peter Parker. Now you go to. You fast forward to Captain America Civil War, where we get the Marvel version of Spider Man, portrayed by Tom Holland and. We finally got the balance of both worlds, in my opinion. He's a great Peter Parker. He's a great Spider-Man. Now, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, because I saw Venom. <laughs> See, tangents. That's what I get off on, and then I forget the original point that I was trying to make. So, Venom it was okay. Tom Hardy, to me, is just great no matter what. So, he was, he was a good Eddie Brock. He was a good Venom. The story was of ridiculous. I mean, you're gonna sit there and go, "It's a comic book movie. What the fuck did you expect?" Look, the premise of Captain America is pretty ridiculous. Guy takes a super soldier serum, but he's truth, justice, the American way. Kind of like Superman, but he wears a red, white, and blue spandex suit and blah blah blah. The Marvel films have made him less cheesy in that point, so. Captain America, pretty ridiculous in the comics. Some people may hate me for saying that. Pretty badass in the movies. Of course, I've never read any Captain America comics, so... If anyone knows more than I do about that, which there's probably a lot of you that do, let me know. Let me know. Just tell me if I'm wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong because I just never was a Captain America fan growing up when I was reading comics. I was reading Batman, I was reading Spider-Man, reading Wolverine. You know, those were the three that I was sticking with, so... But anyway, Venom. If it's streaming somewhere, check it out. I wouldn't go pay for a rental, definitely wouldn't recommend buying it, but... You know, if it's... If you have Amazon Prime or you have Voodoo and somebody drops it into your library, or it ends up on Netflix, check it out. I mean, it's not great, it's better than I thought it would be, but that's not saying a whole lot. <sighs> I had really low expectations, so it, it kind of met those expectations and went a little above, but not too much. Not too much at all. So I'm going to pull up my letterbox here because, yeah, I've been using that to track what I watch. Started last year and just started dropping stuff in. And we're gonna see, oh, I still need to see Bohemian Rhapsody. It's one I haven't seen. I wanted to get to the theater and see it, see it. And I just never got to it. So let's see, letterbox, let's go to my diary. Boom, 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 boom. What did I see? Oh, before I left to go to Arizona, my fiance and I went to the theater and we saw Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck-It Ralph 2. And (laughs) it was fun. I really enjoyed it. It was probably just as good, if not maybe better, than the first one. I know lots of people were shitting on this one saying it wasn't good, it was kind of dumb. I enjoyed it. I liked that it was something... You know, extending the story, taking it from where it was and just making it more, in my opinion. I had fun with it. Everything was was good. I liked the sort of GTA racing game that, you know, uh, Penelope? 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 I think it's Penelope with a V. She ended up falling in love with and Gal Gadot's character, Gal Gadot playing the main character of that game. It was just, it was cool. The Stanley cameo was cool. The only problem was... <laughs> now, spoiler, but there's a certain point in the movie where They start talking about, well maybe we need some time apart, and you know, missing people is This is right before I'm getting ready to leave for Arizona in a few days. I actually think the next day was when I drove out to come out here. So that was a little tough, this like really serious moment in the movie. But other than that, I highly recommend it. I gave it five stars here on Letterboxd. It was just fun. It was a lot of fun. If you love the first one, You'll probably enjoy this one. If you're someone who was like, well, the first one was okay, you're probably going to hate this one. Trying to see what else have I seen that I put in here. I know I put it in here. Maybe I saw that way back before. Nope. Let's see, let's see. I know this is fascinating for you guys, and you're loving hearing all of this, but that's what's going to happen. You're going to hear... All of what I'm doing. So I was looking back to see when I saw it. Oh, that was way back in July. (laughs) We saw The Incredibles 2. So I don't need to talk about that. Enjoyed that one as well. So we're going to move on. Uh, Shudder has been really, really great lately. Well, Shudder's pretty good service all around. But now that they have Joe Bob back doing his thing, it has been so fucking good. So I watched The Dinners of Death for Thanksgiving that they did and they played Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. And I I love that we're learning all this stuff from Joe Bob about the movie and the actors. It reminds me of watching Monster Vision back in the day. Now mind you, I didn't watch a lot of Monster Vision because I was still at that point where I was still kind of scared of horror movies, hadn't really embraced them. As much as I would, a few years later. But, damn, it's good to have him back. And I watched the Christmas, uh, <laughs> the Christmas special. He did, and that was awesome because he was doing the Phantasm movies. So I finally got to see Phantasm Three, Lord of the Dead, and Phantasm Four, Oblivion. I had already, I had already seen Phantasm of course I watched it again but who's not going to watch phantasm if you get a chance and especially if Joe Bob's going to tell you stuff about it but yeah phantasm 3 lord of the dead and phantasm 4 they're they're <laughs> they were fun were they weird and didn't make sense yeah but that's what I love about these movies Coscarelli just did whatever the fuck he wanted <laughs> and it was each one of those films, which I haven't seen two yet. It wasn't a part of the Joe Bob Marathon. He explained it. If you have Shudder, go check it out and listen to his explanation. Because that was about a month ago that I watched that. So I'm not really going to remember <laughs> what exactly... Um, what was I going to say? What exactly he said. Sorry. Brain is just like pulsating... And popping out of control here. It's so many thoughts moving into my head right now. So then, <laughs> um, to try and get back to us having a sense of normalcy, my fiance Leanne and I, Leanne, you know, the, the once in a while co host of the Skewered Universe podcast, she mentioned we should do a movie night. We put each other on speakerphone, we watch a movie together, and it's been, it was fun. We did it, oh, did we do it twice now? And I'm trying to remember what the second movie was. The first movie we watched was Daddy's Home 2. I enjoyed it. It was fun. (laughs) Seeing Will Ferrell and John Lithgow play off each other was fun. Mark Wahlberg is Mark Wahlberg. What more do you want from that? And Mel Gibson was playing Mel Gibson. Just crazy fucking (laughs) guy. Uh, I had fun with it. It was fun. It was probably more fun since I was doing it with her. I can't remember what we watched that next time that we did it. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was. So what I'm going to do, because I think it was in... I think it was in voodoo so i'm gonna look there and see and we're gonna see oh it doesn't show me okay well the app's not showing me what i was watching so i don't remember but as i mentioned earlier in the podcast i went back home last weekend not for valentine's day this no no not for valentine's day if you go, well, why not? You have a fiance now. Neither one of us buy into the whole premise of Valentine's Day. I'm of the mindset of if I'm doing stuff for someone throughout the year to show them how much I love them, why do I need to be told that on this particular day in this particular month you need to make reservations to this really posh? restaurant and you need to get this really expensive gift for her to show her just how much you love her that to me is like well i can be a piece of shit the rest of the year but hey on this one day i'm going to show you i really do love you even though i talk trash to you and verbally abuse you and maybe don't help out with anything so yeah we're not valentine's day people but i went back home to surprise her to see her because it was a long weekend with the holiday so we went To the movies, of course, because what else are we going to do? we got to get out and see something, right? So we saw Happy Death Day to You. The sequel to Happy Death Day, which we both really, really enjoyed. If you haven't seen Happy Death Day, it is highly recommended that you seek it out. It is fun. That's it. It's just fun. It's a fun horror movie. The premise is ridiculous and over-the-top, but it's just so much fun, and the more you watch it and see things, the more you kind of get into it, and you just go, you know what? Let's do it. Let's keep going. So when I heard about the sequel, I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to do that, but I'm excited to see what they do because I really enjoyed the first one. (laughs) It is a sequel that is very much appreciated by me. It is over the top. It goes to places I didn't expect it to go when and it ties into the first one so seamlessly. They didn't like overthink like, "Oh, well, okay, maybe they overthought why, but in a good way. Like they took something they took a premise from the first one and just went pedal to the metal with it. Like, hey, the first one was kind of ridiculous and fun. Let's make the second one even more ridiculous and fun, and that's exactly what they did. I loved every minute of it. Aside from the, uh... <laughs> the child next to me who, I don't know who bought him the fucking ticket to a PG-13 horror movie. As he was probably about nine. <laughs> but... This kid wanted to crack a glow stick in the theater. Tap me on my arm like five, ten minutes into the movie. Hey, do you mind if I crack this glow stick? I said, yeah, actually I do. He goes, well, it's just a glow stick. I said, please don't. And he didn't do it. But what he did do was (sighs) make a lot of noise, pulling stuff out of his pockets like candy and whatnot, like boxed candy that he had snuck in with him. Rattling it around. And we were in one of the AMC dine-in theaters. So I don't know if you guys have been there, but they have these trays that swing out and back in for you. So when you have your stuff there, you can bring it closer to you. You enjoy your drinks, your food, whatever. This little, this little punk ass was swinging out the table and hitting mine. So the first time he did it... Now, mind you, my tray is all the way in next to me because there's no reason for me to have it swinging out if the servers are going to come by to get stuff. There's plenty of room, but I'm trying to be, you know, considerate of everyone in the theater. Well, this little punk ass next to me keeps swinging his table way out and smacking mine. Now, the first time, I'm like, he's a kid, probably didn't realize that it swung out that far. Fine. By the sixth time... I was irritated. So after the movie, my fiance and I, we went to the managers. We told them what happened. We ended up getting free tickets out of it. But the the best part of all this is that whole group of kids. Because there were kids running up and down the steps, talking to their friends during the movie. Which really pisses me off. I didn't pay my money to sit there and listen to you have a fucking playground conversation. Or say, oh, what about your clothes stick? I don't give a fuck. First off, those kids shouldn't be there in that theater. I don't care if the person who bought the tickets is 13 or 14. I don't think kids, considering this side of the theater has a full bar out front, should be allowed in that side. They should have to go to the regular theater. Two, (laughs) the bright spot of all this is every one of those kids is going to be banned from that theater. Apparently, they've been banned from every other store in that plaza because of what they do, because they're little rais- hell-raising pieces of shit. And to me, it falls back on the parents not giving a damn. But I take solace in the fact that those kids are going to be banned from a movie theater and not able to go bug anyone else. Should I have stepped up and said something during the movie? Most likely. But I'm, I'm not that person, or at least I wasn't, but I'm going to be now. And I'll put this out there right now. If I'm in a movie theater and you're in a movie theater with me and I hear you talking or you're texting or your phone's going off or you're looking at Facebook during the movie and you're within my eyesight, I'm going to fucking tell you to knock it off. And if you don't, I'm going to go see if I can get an usher to get you kicked the fuck out of the movie. Because again, like I said, I don't work to earn money to pay my bills and then reward myself with a movie to have you come in and talk during the movie. Now there was a buddy of mine over on the Talk Without Rhythm podcast, El Goro, was saying he and his uh, fiance were at a movie. They confronted a couple who was talking and they said, well, if you wanted it to be quiet, you should stay home. And he was like, No, that's not how it works. And I'm 100% on board with that. If you pay money to go to a movie, why the fuck are you talking? Why are you talking during the movie? Movies aren't cheap anymore. They go to the theater. And if you go to the dine-in, it's a premium fee. Which is why I pay that premium fee so I can avoid people talking. Hopefully, I was hoping that I would never run into that situation like I did with that kid last week. But it happened. Now, am I pissed off at the movie theater? No, not their fault. But I think policy with AMC Dine-In should change that if there are kids going to see a PG-13 movie and they're not accompanied by an adult who's 21 and over since there's a full bar, they get to go to the shitty theater on the other side. And by shitty theater, I mean the regular stadium seating with no Dine-In service. You have to go get your popcorn and nachos from concession. You don't get the gourmet shit. Or the better food they serve in the dine That's That's just how I feel. And when I heard El Goro say that this couple looked at them and said, well, if you wanted to watch a movie in peace and quiet, you should stay home. No. No, that is not that's not how things work. You don't go to a movie theater to get on your phone and text and have conversations and talk to your friends and this and that. If you're watching a movie that's scary and the crowd's reacting and you're reacting you're like, oh shit, you're having a good time, I'm all for that. When I saw It in 2017, that was how the theater was. People were jumping, oh shit, oh my god, ah! And that's fine. There wasn't somebody next to me going, oh, well, uh, did you see in the news today that the oil crisis hit? No, they weren't doing that. Or they weren't having a stupid conversation about, look what's going on on Facebook. Like when I saw The Revenant in a dollar theater, which was my own fault. assuming people going to the dollar theater would think before they acted stupid (laughs) but my point is if you go to a movie theater and you're paying your money you don't talk, you don't text you interact with the crowd watching the movie, if it's a comedy and shit's funny you laugh if it's an action movie and shit's blowing up and you laugh, you'd be like yeah that's fine if it's a sports movie and you're really interested, you're like, go, go. That's fine. You're interacting with the movie. I get that. Don't sit there on your fucking phone and have to tweet or go on Instagram or your Snapchat or whatever and take a picture in the theater and then tag all your fucking idiot friends on Facebook or answer your phone that's ringing and be like, oh, I'm in the movie theater. Oh, No, I can talk. Don't you fucking do that. If you do that, I'm going to tell you right now, if anyone in the movie theater sees someone get on their phone and talk while you're trying to watch a movie, go up to them, take their phone, and break it. They don't deserve to have that. Yeah, do it. Caveat is you might get in trouble. They could call the cops, whatever. I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm all for people just breaking people's phones if they're doing that shit in the theater. I'm, I'm tired of bullshit, man. This last this, this was my first incident in the theater. Well, technically my second because of the Dollar Theater and the Revenant where that chick was constantly on Facebook and talking to her family. As I said, that was the last time I went to a Dollar Theater. And I had gone to Dollar Theaters before that to see movies and everything was fine. People were like, hey, it's, I know it's a Dollar Theater, but I really want to watch this movie, so I'm going to be quiet and pay attention. Nowadays, nobody can sit down for two hours in a theater to watch a movie without being on Facebook and on their phone and doing whatever. As Soon as I get in the theater, my phone goes on silent. I have an Apple Watch, that goes into theater mode which keeps it quiet. And if I have to look at the screen, if I get a buzzing notification, I tap it, I put my hand around it, I look, and then I shut it off again. I do the palm over the screen, it dims the screen, it turns it off so I don't have to worry. I do everything I can to keep from annoying somebody. But if you're that person who's going to annoy someone, you're gonna have to face the consequences. (laughs) All right, well that got really heavy and serious for a while. I need another drink. (sighs) But yeah, last week we saw Happy Death Day to you. And I know I talked about it and I said it's fun, but it's (laughs) it's definitely Definitely highly recommended by the Skiward universe, you go see it. If you had fun with the first one, and I know a lot of people did, the movie kind of came out of nowhere and was like, oh crap, this is really fun. The sequel is just as fun and it kind of pushes it a little bit into the ridiculous, but in a good way. It's not like Saw, where like Saw 1 and Saw 2 were good, and then Saw 3 was like a little bit crazy, and then by Saw 4 it was like... But there was a guy in the background with a broom sweeping up at the hospital that you didn't know was also a disciple of Jigsaw. And then comes Saw 6. They're like, this child who was in daycare during the first movie ended up being another disciple of Jigsaw when he turned 15. And now he's this age and he's doing... Not that ridiculous. I mean, just ridiculous like, oh, hey, we built this thing and that's what's causing this to happen. And now other people are getting affected. Oh crap, we're totally screwing. It's it's that kind of shit and it's fun. And like I said, they tie it into the first one. It's really good. And I know I've repeated myself here, but I went off on a long-ass tangent there. I I don't want to see a third Happy Death Day movie. I think if they go to the well one too many times, it's going to ruin it for me. It won't ruin the first two films, but if they do a third one and it doesn't kind of keep within what they've built, within the realms of what they're doing, you can take a premise too far. Some of you out there may say that the Nightmare on Elm Street series took a premise too far. The Friday the 13th series took a premise too far. Halloween took a premise too far, and that's why there are so many sequels. Let's keep in mind... Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and the majority of the Halloween films were happening in the 80s. Those movies were all making money. So when a movie made enough money, they greenlit a sequel right away and they just kept pushing them out, pushing them out, pushing them out. Even though Paramount was totally fucking ashamed of the juggernaut they had with Friday the 13th. But, you know, I digress. So, what else has been happening? We we lost Stan Lee. I don't think that had happened when I last recorded. Let me take a look. I think that was just earlier this year that Stan Lee passed away. We're gonna uh it was in November, so it was just after I had recorded. It was about a month after I recorded my last podcast. We lost Stan Lee. That was that was tough. And then this past week we lost Peter Torque of the Monkeys. Some of you go, why are you mentioning them in the same breath? Because I can't remember whoever else has has passed away. Stanley was was kind of a tough one, man, when that happened. It was It was crazy to see that happen. Ah, I remember what else I wanted to talk about here. Professional wrestling. Now, if any of you have read the blog over at skeweredhead.com, I put out a whole thing, I put out a blog entry on me growing up loving professional wrestling, particularly the WWF at the time. So I've been watching the now WWE, I know it's been that for years, but. And the main roster product is not very good. When the only person I'm intrigued about is Becky Lynch. And that's not knocking her down. Because she has taken that character and just ran with it. She is a badass. And I'm loving it. I mean, she's basically Stone Cold Steve Austin. But Becky Lynch. And that's compelling to watch. Everything else has been boring. NXT is still great. The whole... Rivalry between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. It's, you got Aleister Black, you got Ricochet, Velveteen Dream, who I am a huge fan of. And just this, earlier this week, well, technically two weeks ago when they taped it, but on Wednesday of this past week, won the North American Championship from Johnny Gargano. So I'm hoping he gets a big push, maybe to that main event. Even if he doesn't win the NXT title, at least he can work his way up there. I don't want to see him on the main roster because they will dilute his character so much. I mean, they've already had four NXT stars this past week in Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Alistair Black, and Ricochet debut for Raw and SmackDown to be, I guess, to be on all three shows. And they felt so out of place and, like, they changed... I don't know. It just seemed weird. But I will say... Back in January, I decided to get NJPW World. Now, the reason I got that, I listened to a podcast called the Five Haussmann Wrestling Podcast. It's comprised of five gentlemen, one of which is my buddy El Goro from the Talk Without Rhythm podcast, uh, Dynamo Mars of the Deadites, and I just totally lost. It's Dynamo Mars, Johnny Wolfenstein from Trick or Treat Radio. Trick or Treat Radio. That's it. Those, those are two shows you guys should check out. And there's a couple other guys. There's uh, Jake and Mike and Coop. These five guys made me want to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling so much that I got NJPW World back in January so I could watch Wrestle Kingdom 13. So I could see Omega versus Tanahashi. So I could see Okada versus Jay White. And I'll tell you this. While their review of the show was, hey, it was kind of... Okay, it seemed a little weird here and there. Having not watched a lot of New Japan, I loved this and I got everything they were trying to tell me without having to watch everything from before. I didn't have to do a lot of homework going in. I kind of picked up on what was going on. Plus I kind of follow stuff on YouTube and listening to their podcast helps me out. But man, if you have not checked out any New Japan, Follow them on YouTube. Watch the stuff they have up. Sometimes there's full matches on there or there's clips from matches. If you're someone who likes streaming, check out NJPW World. It's like $9 a month. And the content was great. I watched Wrestle Kingdom and then I watched New Year Dash the day after, which occurs the day after. I watched it about a week later. But... That stuff was good. The wrestling was awesome. It wasn't like, hey, you need to go out there and give a stilted, scripted promo, and then we're going to have a match with this guy that you've been having a match with for the last fucking four months. The problem with WWE, now this is strictly my opinion, is they don't bother to build anyone they have. New Japan is building up guys who are coming up through the ranks and constantly doing it. Now, they have had Kenny Omega leave to go to AEW. Uh, Cody's no longer affiliated with New Japan. Neither are the Young Bucks. They're with AEW along with Hangman Page and Chris Jericho now. Doesn't mean they can't work with New Japan later, but they're AEW-focused. So now what do you have? You have them taking Switchblade Jay White, who I think in 2018 had come back at Wrestle Kingdom, and then worked his way up, was a member of Chaos, then turned his back on Chaos, joined the Bullet Club, became the new leader of Bullet Club, and has now recently beat Tanahashi for the IWGP Heavyweight title. Mind you, I have not seen any of this, but this is what I know from watching clips on YouTube and listening to the 5 Hoffman Wrestling Podcast. Go check them out on iTunes. Look them up on the internet. It's a great podcast. Now, WWE, I can't tell you. I I could watch it week to week and not tell you what's happening with one person or the other. I'm like, oh, well, Finn Balor won the Intercontinental title. Brock Lesnar still has the Universal Championship. Daniel Bryan is... (laughs) That's the other good thing they got going is Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is a WWE Champion on SmackDown. Is as great as Becky Lynch right now. But when those are the two things you have going for you, I'm not buying it. Everything else is, is stale and boring. Like, do I want to see Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Yeah, I kind of do. But only if that belt is coming off Brock and going to Seth Rollins. What I would have preferred to happen... Now, those of you who have been watching, you may have seen the Royal Rumble... Which was a pretty decent show. Sorry, I'm taking a drink. (sighs) Forgot how dry my mouth gets when I talk. But the Royal Rumble, overall, pretty decent show, right? But you have Lesnar versus Balor for the Universal title. Finn Balor loses. I'm okay with that because in my head, I thought, oh, well, maybe this will be something where Balor has to come back and, you know, do something different to beat him. No, they just moved him into the Intercontinental title picture like, well, you made Brock believe in you. You get an IC title now, which no longer means shit. Back in the day, if you won the Intercontinental title, that mean meant you were next in line for that heavyweight championship title match. If you won the Intercontinental title, everyone knew you were the second guy. You were the next guy that could get an opportunity. You were right there. And granted, there were guys that got opportunities before the Intercontinental champion, but there was so much more prestige, and it felt important when people defended that title. When Bret Hart defended his Intercontinental title, it felt important. When Reza Ramon... And Shawn Michaels defended that title. It felt important. Now when somebody defends it, I don't give a fuck. It has lost all meaning. Now going back to how I would have done the Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. You have Finn Balor lose at Royal Rumble. That's fine. We keep that. What you could have done is the next night you have Heyman come out and tell about how Finn Balor just couldn't cut it, even though he was he was fighting and trying to do it, he just couldn't vanquish the beast. You know, you just have Heyman talk it up and make it seem like Balor just couldn't overcome him, that Lesnar was too dominant. And you could have Balor come out and you know say, Look, I took it to you the entire match. Even though you beat me, I still got close. And I would do an Irish accent right now, but it's not—it's not very good. So, what I would have had Les Balor uh, do at that point is walk up to the ring, get in the ring, and just tell Lesnar and Heyman like, you know, you may be a beast, but there's no way for a beast to beat a demon. Then you set a match coming up, either at. Fastlane, I guess, is the next one they have coming up, which... Or you set it up for SummerSlam. You build this up. Or maybe Balor has to fight his way back. But you could do another match with Balor coming back. Even if they drug this out for a few months and then Balor was still the Intercontinental title, went up to Brock and said, I'm the only one defending a title every night on this show. You're not doing anything. You're sitting there holding that title. Kind of give him what Seth Rollins is doing. Seth Rollins said he's holding the division hostage. That's fine. But kind of have Balor step in there. As the first ever Universal Champion, he has a right to try and get it back. And I know some of you out there will go, Well, I saw that Raw after Roman won, and he gave Finn his title rematch. I'm not talking rematches. I'm talking Balor has proven he is a main event guy. He's been a main event guy. They just don't know how to book him because they're all about nostalgia So what they should do, what they should have done, give Balor what Seth Rollins is doing. Tell him, you're sitting there holding that title. You're never here. You're never defending it. And when you do, it's only on pay-per-views when you feel like doing it. I'm here every night busting my ass. I'm out on the road defending this title successfully, night in and night out. You sit there and claim to be a beast, but maybe the beast needs to face a demon. And that's when you set that match and you have Finn Balor as the demon king, dethrone. Brock Lesnar as the universal champion. Then we can get a rematch of that universal title bout between Rollins and Balor for that inaugural universal champion. You get a rematch of that, you can have Seth win at that point, if you if you give Finn long enough to hold that title and run, you could build it up to a Survivor Series match. Or you could even build it up to Royal Rumble next year. Finn has that title. Seth has been chasing it, you know, trying to get back up there, and just things not working out. That he finally gets it, and then he can beat Finn Balor. Something like that. Way better than what they're doing is what we're getting now is... Well, Seth's injured, so he's going to talk a little bit. Brock Lesnar's never going to be here, but Paul Heyman will come show you video clips. And this is all Monday Night Raw, mind you, that I'm talking about here. SmackDown is a better show. I don't really need to talk about that. Although they could bolster their women's division and actually give them some more time and actually, but, you know. WWE is still learning how to work within a women's division, even though they've had one for a long time. We're not counting that Divas era, which was bullshit. I'm talking about the former women's division where you had like Lita and Trish Stratus before when they were actually wrestling. Like, Lita was actually wrestling, Trish was actually wrestling. Not the Divas one where it was, oh, hey, and I know there were bras and panty matches in the Attitude era. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the actual wrestling matches that occurred. So I feel WWE doesn't know what to do with the women's division on either show. Which is why I'm glad that the women's tag titles will be defended across Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Presumably so. I don't think it's just going to stay on one show. It should be throughout all those women, The entire WWE women's division, including the NXT group. Is they as deserving as anyone else to get a shot at that. But it's just... I don't know how they sit there and put out a product from week to week that is subpar. And then they go, why are we getting ratings? Well, Because you're putting out a shit show on Mondays. Nobody's watching because they're like, oh, it's Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin again. Oh, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley are backing up Baron Corbin again. Which, why? Why do guys like Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley? Need Baron fucking Corbin. It's dumb. Drew McIntyre should be a main event guy. Bobby Lashley, now from what I understand, when he came back, came back under the premise that he was gonna get a match with Brock Lesnar. As we can see, that has not happened, and all he does is go out there with Leo Rush and point it at his butt. I I I don't know. I would have preferred they build something where he calls Lesnar out regarding, you know, you were in the UFC, I also fought MMA, and I don't know who had the better record, but maybe you have Lashley call him out. Like, well, you couldn't cut it there, which is why you came back here. I only came back here for a shot at you because you left MMA. You didn't want to face me in MMA. You got scared and ran off. Do something like that. It would have built it up, but instead... Hey, I'm Bobby Lashley. I'm a point of my butt, and Leo Rush is going to talk a lot. It's it's insane what they're doing, which is basically nothing. They have all this talent, probably one of the best rosters they've had in a number of years, and they just don't know what to do. They keep it to like several guys And then the rest, oh, well, you guys can be in comedy segments backstage and you can do this, you can do that. That's why I wish they would abolish the brand split so we could get one title, one main title across both shows. And if that were to happen, change the look of the title. Go with something a little more prestigious than just, oh, hey, it's a giant W. This is champion. And all of our main titles have that. The Universal title is just on a red strap. The WWE Championship is on a black strap. And then each of the women's ones are exactly the same, except the SmackDown has a blue background behind the W, and the Raw has a red background behind the W, and they're both on white straps. Why does everything have to look the same? Abolish the brand split. Let everyone go across all brands. You can keep NXT as your developmental. I'm all cool with that. But even if you had somebody go down there, maybe if you do the brand if you abolish the brand split, you unify the main titles, you unify the tag titles and get new tag titles by the way cuz those ones are fucking disgusting looking. Those are gross. I fucking hate them. Go back to the old school like the 80s style. That would be cool. Hell, even Was it the early 2000s where they kind of made the Raw Tag Championships during the first brand split look like the undisputed title? Even those would be better. Just change them. And there's nothing wrong with putting anything on a black leather strap. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to go, well, these are on Raw, so they need to be on red like the Universal title. And these ones are on SmackDown, so they need to be on blue. You didn't make the WWE Championship on a blue strap. Although the giant winged eagle version from, I think it was 98, 99, that was originally on a blue strap. I think it was on the entire time they had that as a belt, and it was really, really nice. But it was dark blue. It wasn't that bright fluorescent bullshit they got right now. But... I'm just so tired of WWE not knowing what they're doing. The only things they're getting right right now are Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch, and that's because I think they've just kind of taken control of their characters and are doing what they know will get the crowd going. Nobody else has that, has that going for them on, the, on either of the main roster shows. And I'm not even going to talk about 205 Live because they buried the fuck out of those talented guys. At least Mustafa Ali got called up to the SmackDown roster and is doing something. Although I will say, (laughs) I watched Elimination Chamber last weekend and Kofi fucking Kingston in that main event match, getting down to the last bit with Daniel Bryan... That makes me want to see Kofi Kingston get a tie- another title shot, which I guess he's getting at fast lane, but I'd like to see him get it and win. Don't ask me why, but I've, I've always thought Kofi was good. I thought he was good as an intercontinental champion. I thought when he got with the New Day, I was like, okay, gives him something else to do because they have nothing for him. Now's the time when you can put that title on him. And you could even still have him be a part of the New Day. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Kofi Kingston title run. Putting it on someone who's been there for 11 years. Busted their ass for the company. I think he deserves something. But... Overall, I'm just disappointed with what WWE was, because as a kid, I enjoyed watching it. There were just better-than-life characters, and the stories were fun, and you got involved, but... And then the Attitude Era just made things seem more realistic. Like, you couldn't tell if something was real or fake, you know, kayfabe, a work or a shoot. They kind of blurred those lines a bit, and I like that. And they're kind of doing that a little bit with Daniel Bryan and Becky Lynch, but those are the only two they're doing it with. I just... uh, I'm hoping that Triple H is able to run the main roster at some point as he does NXT and let these guys make it about the wrestling. Stop trying to appeal to this wider audience because Joe Schmo doesn't care about wrestling. There are certain fans that really give a shit, but there are fans that want to watch guys like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor have a knockdown dragout. We want to see, you know, Ricochet against Daniel Bryan And stuff like that. We want to see good matches. You know, even Ricochet versus AJ Styles. Give us guys who can work in the ring and want to put on a show. Not, well, we know you can go. But you're going to be limited to what you can do. And here's your script. You're going to go deliver tonight. These are your promos. And stick to that. That's why, whether it's true or not, I got to give credit to a guy like Dean Ambrose. You know, John Good. He's been going off script apparently since he told them that after Wrestlemania he's not going to renew his contract. And I actually appreciate him doing that. Just going off script like I really don't care. He's like you're just going to have me lose week after week on Raw. Match after match on pay-per-views. If I get to a pay-per-view. And you're going to make me a joke. So what do I care? I'm just going to go off script and do whatever I want. And I appreciate that. Now whether he does leave or not I've heard a couple of things where they're saying this could just be a genius bit of storytelling between him and Vince and a couple other people backstage in production know. But they've kept it from a lot of other people. I don't know if that's true. I'd say he's probably going to leave. And either we could see him end up in AEW. Or any other promotion. Or... He may go the CM Punk route and just leave wrestling altogether. No telling with Dean Ambrose, but yeah, overall, I'm disappointed in WWE. It's it's why I try to stay away from watching it. There's a part of me that's like, maybe this week it'll be good. And I can find things here and there to pick out that are like, okay, I like that. But then they have stuff where Jeff Jarrett comes out with Road Dogg and They're doing their old double J roadie shtick to Elias. I'm like, who is this for? Is this for like the 40 year olds and almost 40 year olds like myself who are like, oh Jeff Jarrett. Okay, that's cool. Because the kids in the crowd that you're trying to appeal to, they don't fucking understand. And me, I, I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett. I don't need to see Hulk Hogan come back. I don't need to see all these older guys come back. There's two exceptions to that one being Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Batista. I don't want to see The Rock get a long run, but if he came back for like a couple of matches or something, be okay with that. Whatever. Batista, I wouldn't mind seeing him get one more run either to try and get the title and then maybe retire as a champion or go for the title, get screwed over by Triple H and then they end up having a match. Something. I wouldn't mind seeing Batista come back, but I feel they would ruin it because they just don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're out of touch. Vince doesn't doesn't get it. I I think he's I think he's stuck in the attitude era but doesn't Quite have what he had then to get things going. And I know that sounds weird, but I, I just don't think he's in touch with the fans anymore. So it soured me on the WWE product. And it hasn't been good for a long time, mind you. But I was trying to find things here and there, and there are certain guys there that I really enjoy watching. But I'm going to say this right now. If you want. Good wrestling. With good storytelling. And guys that... (laughs) Guys that get you into a match when they're in that ring performing. Watch New Japan. Check out Ring of Honor. Hell, I'll even say... Go fucking watch Impact. Impact is shit, but maybe they're doing something right over there. I don't know. Check out the indie promotions. Watch that stuff. Check... Check locally wherever you live for some stuff. Because there will be better stuff than WWE. Alright, well... (laughs) I'm done with that now. Trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to cover on this episode. I've already been talking for like an hour and ten minutes here. (sighs) Overall... It just feels really good to get back behind the microphone. And I know this has been just a ranting episode. There's been no, no stops or let-ups with me. But I've been, I've been wanting to talk to you guys for so long that I've had all this inside. I need to get it out. So in about a month, I'll be recording again. We'll get everything, everything together for that show and... I'll make it worth your while. I'm going to try and get get some segments together. You know, I promised a cult classic recommend at the end of episodes, and that happened maybe twice. So we're going to get back to stuff like that. This is basically an episode to let you know where I'm at, let you know what's going on in the future, and to catch you up with what's been going on in the motherfucking skewered universe. <sighs> that being said... If you want to contact us, you can go to www.skeweredhead.com. Again, skeweredhead.com. You can check out my blog. There's a link to the podcast there. There's a link to the email if you want to leave some feedback. We should be available on iTunes. It's on Spotify, Podomatic, Stitcher. So you can find us there. Just look for Skewered Universe. You can go to www.podomatic.com. I believe it's podomatic.com slash let me pull that up right now and see as I'm recording. Because i never know to get this stuff ahead of time. Blah, 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 blah. It is skewereduniverse.podomatic.com. So I had it backwards, skewereduniverse.podomatic.com. That's where you can go and see all the episodes I've put out. All eight are there. Uh, there's a really good episode seven. is really good. There's an interview with Tony Wash. By the way, if you haven't seen it, check out Skeletons in the Closet. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm still having to check it out. I've just had very little time to do what I want to do. I fit in movies when I can right now because work is insane. But anyway, you can go there. All those sites, you can go to skeweredhead.com, That's the blog, the links to the podcast. The email, skewerduniverse.podomatic.com. That's the direct site where you can go download directly. Again, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Music. I forgot to mention that one or Google Play Store, whichever it's called now. They're available there. So iTunes, Google, Spotify Stitcher. Find us there. Just look for Skewer Universe. And that's it for this ranting fucking episode. I hope you guys come back in a month's time for the next show. I'm really excited to do it. I'm gonna get you guys some really good movies to talk about. I'm gonna talk about some really good games. Hopefully I can get myself something and kinda Give you an update on how things are going here in Mesa, Arizona. That's it. Keep enjoying the universe. That's just a bit skewered.